found your loophole. You have no idea what I've gone through to be here. on this place by coincidence, especially this place. Each one of us was brought here for a reason. Brought here. And who brought us here, John? The island. But I've looked into the eye of this island, and what I saw was beautiful. Welcome, Losties, to another edition of Rethinking Lost, our wonderful TV show that we've followed for so, so long has now finally come to an end. It's rested its little head down on a pillow and said goodnight. Now, what do we do? Um, I guess we're just going to talk about it, so here's me and Scott talking about the final of Lost. There will be another episode coming very, very soon about this finale episode. We just couldn't fit it all into one go. So sit back and enjoy and remember. Cheers, guys. Hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of Rethinking Lost, episode 41. Uh, I'm Ultimate Manus, and joining me, as always, in his little hatch, under the mud and snow <laughs> and stuff that's in New Jersey, is... On the roof. The, yeah, on the <laughs> roof, is the wonderful Scott Copperman. How are you? Very good, very good. Now, we've just had the the finale of, of Lost... Probably the best TV program ever in the world, ever, ever, ever. Turn around, touch the ground, still counts. Mm -hmm. um, your reactions on it? Were you impressed with what you got? Were you missing something? Were you cheesed off? What, what did you think of the uh, the sideways reveal as well? I would have to say, in terms of reaction to the finale, I float pretty much right in the middle. I not blown away by it 
but mm-hmm. I'm not someone heart, very critical of it. I, I had said a couple times in one of our earlier shows, it's not my story, and I, I kind of made that decision probably what four or five episodes ago. Is it? It deviated from what I pictured and what I would have thought they could have done, and and I realized for my own enjoyment's sake, I, I couldn't keep trying to force and manipulate and, and say, mm, I would have done that, or they didn't have to do that and go that route. Mm. And and it helped, because it, it did go a different direction, and there were there are plenty of forks in the road <laughs> where I and you and everyone else probably thought, oh, they maybe they'll do this. And I, I just had to kind of let go of, of my own expectations and, and where my own imagination was taking me. So it was it was an it was an ending. It it definitely gave closure to a lot of things, left a lot of things open. Not necessarily the the ending that I would have written if I was writing it, but I didn't. So it was it was satisfying and uh yeah, you know, we were talking before that this episode is just so big and there's so many parts to it. Um we won't really have a a chance in in this particular rethinking loss to necessarily nitpick or or wonder about things, but uh, some things. But we'll we'll be hitting this in multiple shows. So. Oh, it's it's going to take a couple of shows to get through this, definitely. Yeah. So, what do you think? Did you enjoy it? Blown away? It was okay. All right. I. To me, it was a typical, well, not a typical, maybe above average, TV, ending of a series, but I thought it was absolutely flipping awesome. I really did. I I loved the reveal of the sideways. It took me a little while to sit down, think about it a couple of times. Although, we were promised two and a half hours worth of TV, and we didn't get it. And we got 88 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't the two and a half hours that were billed. It, I'm, I was expecting more. I, I looked down at, at around about five minutes to go with the episode and was surprised to see another 20 minutes still, you know, empty. I was still waiting for the other 20 minutes, and I was like, oh, okay, is that the end, really? And then The Lost came up, I was like, ah, okay, it is. <laughs> I shouldn't have been judging it by the time, really, but I was, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting another 20 minutes. Yeah. And I, I was almost expecting a Lord of the Rings epilogue. To the to the whole thing, you know, to wind it up again, and I was like, oh, okay, quite happy with that. But as soon as Lost came up, and ah, okay, that's the end. Okay, then reassert everything. But no, <laughs> I was honestly, I, I think I'm more blown away by it. I, I've seen it twice now, and the second time, I really enjoyed it, and I think on future viewings, the whole season is going to be a lot, lot better now. It's going to be so much better because we did get our epilogue. Yeah, I thought it was very, very well written. Again, it, it, I, I was really separating or trying to separate whether it was um, entertaining or whether it was what I expected. And so it it did surprise me in a lot of things. It, it didn't really get, I'd say, predictable or where I could kind of see what was going to happen toward basically the very end and that's kind of what you want if it's the last episode you want to at least be like oh yeah I see where they're going and mm. and what's happening uh, I am surprised by not only the 
again, the polarizing reaction it got from people, I can kind of understand where that comes from, but also just the varied interpretations of, of things in there. Um, I'm not surprised about the, the reaction it got. I think they said, even before the season started, you always had these rumors of you're either going to love it or you're either going to hate it. There are certain aspects that, you know, for me, can just clear right out of there, which I didn't like. Mm -hmm. But I've got to take the rough with this move, and overall, I really liked it. Uh, yeah, going on what you were saying about uh, the polarizing thoughts of what the sideways world means, we had a, an email straight after the actual episode aired over here, and now, bearing in mind, it aired at 5 o'clock in the morning over here, and it was probably, that's probably two hours after you'd already seen it. Yep. Yeah, we had an email straight away from a, a guy called Andrew Neil. He lives in Scotland, and he obviously enjoys Rethinking Lost and Lost itself. And he he said, in a summary, I'm quote not, not quoting here, but he, he said he, he was very happy with the way that it all ended up and the, uh, the way that he thought um, everyone died on the plane crash, and it was basically purgatory. Now, I can understand why people think that, but my opinion is not purgatory it's this sideways flash is more it's an epilogue everyone has to die for this to actually happen everyone's already died whatever happened on the island was real that was all real life it all happened to them then they all live their lives they die and then they move on to this sideways world yeah i think that too and i've been calling it kind of heaven level one when i talk to people about it yeah, it's like the reception like, of heaven. Right, and they all got there at different points. They all kind of woke up there at different points. Because um, we know, like, Saeed had died earlier. We know Shannon had died earlier. We know Jack died before Hurley and Ben. Mm -hmm. They they get, let you know that life went on for Hurley and Ben, and, and you assume Desmond, too. Yeah. Um, but at some point after they died, they kind of all were drawn to this, they all met in this place, but were not really aware. Yeah, so it, it could have been a hundred years after what happened, it could have been 20 years after happened what happened on the island. We, yeah, if we're Hurley not lived sure. a thousand years, it could be that much farther too. Yeah, I'm sure he was a wonderful ruler of the island as well. Mm -hmm. But there, that's where the first kind of, I have to not think too hard about it moment comes, and that's, it wasn't a world made up of only island people. Right. And you have David, like David Shepard, for example. Where David does he Shepherd, come from? Exactly. Now, my, I had a thought that perhaps only the adults were, were real. You know, these people who think that it was all from Jack Shepard's point of view, I think are focusing too much on the ending scene, the opening scene and such, and... Because there's a lot of things that happened that had nothing to do with Jack. The whole um, Eloise Widmore-Desmond interaction. Yeah. Well, are they actually saying the whole show is from Jack's point of view? Because, well, or... it's hard because it, it ended with Jack being the last one to become aware. And they were kind of... It was almost like they were all at Jack's funeral. I could see how people would think that. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't it. It was... Jack just happened to be the last one to come to grips with it. He was the most stubborn out of all of them anyway. He was the man of science, wasn't he? Yeah. So I, I can't see a problem in that at all. 
you know. No, but well, I, I think people are putting a spin on it that it was it was all about Jack and like like it was a this was Jack's personal heaven almost, or mm. that he had drawn. I know I don't believe that, but I think the way that the final twenty minutes of the episode were so Jack focused because it was about bringing him as the last as the last one to to become aware and his father was the one who kind of narrated it and there was that kind of oh jack it's not about how did i get here it's about how did you get here and and so it, it just had this this tone of like oh my god it's it's jack's dead and jack's personal heaven and but it, i don't think that's the way it was at all i think it was a group of equals and this Jack has just been a key part of the story all the way through. Had they done Sawyer being the last one to be aware and, and uh, Juliet is in the car saying, you know, go around the back. I'll meet you in the front when you're ready. Hmm. They would have had the feel of being Sawyer's personal heaven. Well, yeah, Jack's always been the main person. He's the first person we see. And, I said this on Twitter a, a little while ago. I think the reason why Ben has dropped down in the screen time and the story quality and everyone else, even Locke and Man in Black and everyone, and Jack has been moved forward, is because he's our main sta- uh, character. He's our main uh, guy that we all have to get around and he's our hero. Yeah, he's kind of... Well, sometimes people think of it like the the hub of a wheel. Like if we were to, let's say even go on, on Twitter, there's, if we made you the center, then there's a group of people who you know, and then there's people who are friends of friends and all, but we could make basically a wheel with you in the center of it. I like that. And you could do the same kind of thing with, with Jack, but this these weren't Jack's friends and family right from the beginning. I know Jack, and think about what we said a long time ago. Jack originally might not have survived in a, in the draft of the pilot. Yeah. Now, obviously, the story evolved, but he just—I I think for the benefit of of the overall story, rather than being about fifty-two different people, there has to be a characters, and he was one of the main characters, and and the pieces just fell in place that he was the last to become aware and and one of the ones we got the most closure for whereas like with Desmond and we can allude to what happened with Desmond mm-hmm. after the the whole thing there but um, we didn't get to see Desmond leave the island and get back to this family where here we got to see more of Jack's final scenes and, and final bit of time well, on any world I personally don't want to see uh Desmond get back. I want to think about it. I want it to run on in my head. I don't want them to tell me everything. Because as we discussed before, if you get answers to everything, they might not be the answers you think of or require. And so it ruins it for you. And so if you leave it open, like a lot of this program is, then you can think about it personally and think, what happened to that person? How did that happen to them? How did they get back? What happened when the plane landed, if the plane landed. Yeah, I agree. And I thought, for how many big chunks of story they left empty, and and things that could have been a spin-off, or 
another episode or more information they could have given. It didn't have that feeling where sometimes you're in a movie and they purposely leave the door open for like a sequel. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you couldn't have just ended the story. You had to like <laughs> give us that like shadow in the background or that. You leave, know. leave the cash cow wandering out in yeah. the background. Yeah. Yeah. So like you figure there's what happened to the people on Ajira, what happened to Desmond, or like Desmond's trip home, the whole Hurley and Ben rehandling the island situation. I mean, and Ben in the you know, flash sideways. People keep calling that an alternate timeline too. It still says that on Lostpedia. At some point, I think people are going to have to kind of reevaluate the defining moments. Well, if you go to uh, Lostpedia and you go to the Jack uh, page, mm-hmm. then it actually says on there. I think it goes as um, you have your aboard eight fifteen at the airport, at work, talks all about him. And then it goes to mm-hmm. Afterlife as well. Well, see, that's good. There's a lot of other sections of the Lostpedia that haven't been edited that way yet. Yeah, well, it's going to take ages. About alternate timeline. Oh, yeah. And there's people still resisting it. Like, I, I have to say, my perception of, of the chronology would be this. I don't know if it's the same as yours, that, that all that Dharma stuff... And Faraday exploding the bomb, and the A15 main island timeline right up through the death of Jacob. That's all one timeline. There is no split. They were always there. They were always the incident. Yeah. We didn't, you know, the hatch results from what Juliet did, and and all that kind of stuff. And and so that was one continuous thing. The destruction of the bomb. Or, or whatever Juliet did, if maybe she never launched the bomb. Maybe she only triggered a release of the energy and, and a time jump as opposed to detonating the bomb and the bomb remains the fail-safe thing like we were talking about with, with Desmond. Yeah. When they when they actually ended up building the hatch, they put a fail-safe mechanism to trigger the bomb because it's, it's right there. Mm. But I, I don't think... That this is an alternate timeline, this flash sideways. I, I think it's it's sort of the epilogue, like we were talking about. It's but it's not what happens after the finale, and it's not what happens after Man in Black dies. It's what happens after they're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a whole chunk of story in between. But yeah, they all have to die to reach this point in time, don't they? Yes. And. But I, I do like the storytelling aspect of it. It is set further in the future, but the way that they did the split, everyone naturally assumed that these were either running alongside or there was something, they were connected somehow. Either the alternate timeline was going to slot in somehow or come merging together. We we had loads of ideas on what was going to happen. Yeah. And yet, I don't think once we mentioned... It being an afterlife, dead. yeah, because I think that was, I think we were all a bit scared to actually mention that. Well, because the whole purgatory, they're all dead thing had been killed in terms of what the island was, hmm. and you know it, it, there are definitely signs to it, and we talked a lot of times about how they seemed fairly happy, and, oh, yeah. and that it could be. It, well, this was another thing I wanted to get back to with the David thing. So that David being this mysterious boy. Where did he come from? 
is it that that everyone's only adults there? If people have this perception of um, when someone dies and then they see a ghost. It's always the ghostly form of like what you picture. You picture your grandmother as your grandmother, as an angel or a ghost. But mm-hmm. she probably would rather be her 21-year-old self. Yeah. If she can pick her form. Yeah, you, um, you want to look your best, don't you? Yeah, what, what would make... If Locke created this for himself, what would make Locke pick the wheelchair version of himself? But but I, I have a theory about that, too. But I'm surprised, though, and a little puzzled that he could draw Helen to him, but Sawyer couldn't draw Juliet. You know what I mean? What made, what made it that they he could have the love he wanted, even though it wasn't real? Maybe that's why, maybe because it wasn't real. Well, because it is a long-running timeline. It, it obviously looks to me in this afterlife that it is just another life. You, you're born, you, you live, and you die. And it's just an, another step. And so Locke naturally met his love of his life you know, months ago, maybe a year or two ago. And it, it's just a natural progression. Yeah, it... I guess I'm I'm not picturing it being something that went from beginning to end because like Jack doesn't really remember certain aspects. It seemed to seem to start from the A15, even oh, well, though there was a backstory to it. Yeah, it just seems like um, if how can I phrase it? If let's say you and I and, and a, a bunch of other people were able to create this this world for ourselves afterward, but you're brother you have a brother right yes <laughs> your brother <Carry> on. <laughs> is allowed to have his his uh like love with him and you're not that's kind of how i picture the fact that that Locke was able to have helen but sawyer who who probably missed julia as much as anything yeah couldn't unless it's because sawyer didn't die maybe life goes on for him and and he's moved on in a different way. Mm, I think there's a lot of way of taking this. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, that's everyone would be. It. Yeah, but everyone it... would be with everyone straight away. Then, wouldn't they? Yeah. Well, oh, that's 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 my own personal hang-up, and and my. I, I guess either I should take a philosophy class or I should never take one. But we, like I always say about the temporal momentum, what makes one event more important than another? Yeah. Let's let's just for imagine. Let's go Nadia, Saeed, and Shannon. So if Saeed wants to be with Shannon, well, that's a weird kind of trumpet I'm getting here, but let's <laughs> let's say Shannon wants to be with someone else and Nadia wants to be with Saeed. Like, how does that... Who wins? Who, who gets what they want? Uh, mm, you know what I mean? The way that I see that is you had Saeed and didn't uh, Christian Shepherd turn around and say... The actual flight and the accident was the major part of every one of their lives. And so that's yeah. why they were all brought together. So that's why I see Saeed and Shannon together. Because they were they had that connection there. Um Nadia and Saeed didn't have that connection there. And so they weren't meant to be together, otherwise they would have been together. They didn't have flashes of the most important part of their life happening in front of them. Yeah, I can see that. I would say on the island, when Saeed got to the island, Nadia was what he wanted more than anything. 
and he was able to let go of and and grew to love Shannon to f- more than Nadia, I think, on the island. And until he had his awakening, it was still he was back to Nadia mode. Yeah, it, it's a lot of thought to put into something that that probably doesn't warrant it. But there were there were other little things. I have a little bit of a hang up with the whole what happens when you go into the cave. Now, I have no problem with going to the edge of the waterfall. Right. And I have no problem with Desmond being okay. Okay. But why didn't Jack turn into a smoke monster? Or something happened? Nothing happened to him. <laughs> well, maybe the smoke monster was already out anyway. Maybe that was so, the whole of the smoke monster. Do you know what I mean? Like, what what was the risk of going in there? Could could they have gone in? What made Man of Black go in and suffer this fate well, worse than death? They sent Desmond down there because you saw him walking in there. There was no way anyone could go to the heart of the island and remove that peg right. into the magical golden bird bath without dying. Well, I can see why he would survive. That's not a problem. And then Jack could go down later because it wasn't like that. Yeah. But Jack then is laying in the pool of glowing goo when it comes back. And when you think of what happened to the man in black when he was still human, he floats down, we assume goes over the waterfall. Into the heart of the island. And instantly cast out. So I wonder if that was something that kind of, like Spider-Man's evil suit, (laughs) kind of like attached itself to him, fused with him. I, I see that as more the personality of the island. So then you would say the brother did really die and that this the smoke monster was always some other form. Which took on the thoughts and imagination of the brother. I can see that because he definitely took a very Locke personality. Oh, yeah. And the longer it was in that form, the more and more it seemed like Locke. Mm. So you would you would go with the theory we had before that the brother, real brother died when that yeah. event happened. And then Man in Black has always been, the smoke monster was a separate entity. Yeah, and that took over the personality, the thoughts. It, it was all, I don't know, with a little bit of soul grabbed in there. Yeah, kind of fused. Yeah, so he could actually turn around and say, you know, he took away my soul. Yes. He took away my humanity, so... So, like, he, when the Man in Black didn't really get to die, he, he was trapped with trapped with the entity. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I can, I can go with that. I, I like that version. What did you think of the fact that when the light went out, all of a sudden, Man in Black was mortal? I didn't mind that, actually. I quite like that. I've seen lots of Twittering and lots of other bits saying, oh, I don't like that, and oh, I love that, and... I actually liked it. I really did. Although, I, I, if he wanted to win, then when he cracks Jack over the head with the rock, why didn't he just stab him then? He's exactly. out cold. Just kill him. That was the only part of it. Like, in, I had no problem with him turning mortal. It made sense to me. But then I expected him to become very fearful and, and protective of that. Yeah. Like, I'm so close. I don't want to die now. You know, kill Jack and go. Yeah. Maybe he still can kill Jack, personally. Maybe not, no. But then again, there was no, never any rule that he 
it was the mother that made it so they couldn't kill each other. And I guess Jacob, though, made it that he couldn't kill Jack. I have to give you credit. You, you definitely hit the whole rule thing, because then Ben said that when, when they were on the island at the end, and uh, Hurley says that they can't leave, and Ben says, no, it's, that was a Jacob thing. That was a, you can make it however you want. Because mm. that also kind of made it make sense for me, too. When the plane was taken off, the whole time I'm thinking, where are they going to go? They're going to go and get time looped again and, and time sickness and all. Mm. I wanted there to be some reason that they could finally get off the island. Yeah. And I was pleased that that little thing was thrown in there to kind of, as long as Hurley lets them go, they're fine. Yeah, there's going to be like big banners up with saying Hurley World. As people crash against rocks and go, oh, look, it's Hurley World, and get pulled on, and there's lots of women in grass skirts dancing around and drinking out of coconuts, and it's a great world, that place. Boy, it just shows even more, like, just what a jerky person Jacob was. I, he was How's... a knob, really was, and, sorry. <laughs> yeah, just very socially unprepared, and uh, which I, you can understand, he grew up on an island with a psychotic mother, and... And a brother who <laughs> lived on the other side of the island and he couldn't talk to. Yeah. But I, I've seen the producers kind of talk about uh, across the sea and almost defensively kind of say, like, hey, we were talking about how this all is the result of bad parenting. I don't want it to be the result of bad parenting. I want there to be more to it than that. And that that explanation from the producers kind of bothered me when they were throwing that out. Mm. I understand that that's a big part of it, but... I wanted there to be more of a sense of a good or an evil, or she had her own motives, and not just because... I didn't want it to be her fault that there was a problem, a conflict. Yeah, I don't... Um, I don't see it as just bad parenting. I, I see it as a whole mixture of things that have come together to either create a good side or a bad side because the mother actually wanted it seemed like she was grooming the uh the boy in black as the the next step yeah and when he turned and was corrupted by his own mind and by his real mother then she had to settle for second best really yeah and that would make sense that you know the man in black could have run the island in a much more human way Mm -hmm. Like a sense of empathy for the visitors where Jacob was kind of like that aloof priest kind of figure. Yeah, well, even if he'd held off a little bit and said, look, okay, if his mother had said, well, I want to pass a torch to you, you can't go off with with the people. I know I killed your mother, but it was the best thing for you so you could have the island. Then maybe he would have been, he would have been tempted to stay and then run it his way. And then I, I don't think Jacob would have worried about that. There wouldn't be that yeah. bitter rivalry between them. But because the underdog got the island, he was very competitive towards Jacob, and thus that's where all the tension and friction came from. Yeah. So were you okay that uh, this whole Christian Shepherd thing turned out to kind of be a, a non-factor in this other world? I mean, he gave you that little bit of explanation that you're looking for. But you never really got any sense of what his significance was, or I don't know, I don't know. Can't dead people die in the afterlife? <laughs> I, I don't understand why there'd be an empty coffin. 
Surely someone would have gone through it and gone, you know, let's just make sure there's no cocaine in there. Put it through a scanner. Or... I, when they brought it off, I said to uh, Marianne, I was like, boy, that's not refrigerated or anything. That's what I was thinking when he opened it. I was like, oh, what's he going to see in there? Like a pile of goo and like a bit of a skeleton as well. But I don't know. Um, were there any other aspects that you weren't too happy with? Did you like the well, golden bird bath, by the way? That was... I don't know. I was I was looking at it, and I'm thinking, you know, if we see little etchings and and carvings in here, then that's going to be one more thing that I want to wonder who who put that there. I liked that though. There were uh, etchings around the yep. actual peg itself, and I like that. I like the the thoughts of maybe you imagine uh, someone in Egypt. Maybe there's like a, another magnetic anomaly there somewhere, or uh, around that sort of area, and. They just happen to luck in on it and do something combine water with the light and energy, and they just they just get flashed to the island, and it keeps happening, and you end up with a whole recruit of people there going, "Oh, what's this?" And they end up near the well, and so to harness them skipping backwards and forwards, then I'm just doing fan fiction now, aren't I? But um, yeah, to uh, to harness but, but- that, then they built that peg around there. Yeah, there's a backstory to that. And I was glad that there was more to the cave than that little bit we saw in Across the Sea. Mm. You know what thought I had watching was why didn't they go to the Orchid and leave the island that way to get away from the uh, smoke monster? Did they know about it? Well, Ben's been around. Yeah, Ben. To get off the island. Why haven't they been trying to get off the island via that mechanism? We know the smoke monster knows about it because Christian's been in the cave. Yeah, why couldn't he just turn the wheel? That's just latching into the, the, the power of the island, isn't it? Yeah, and there's nobody left to worry about time skipping and, well, I guess Rose and Bernard and. Yeah, but he wouldn't have worried about that, and that was only no. skipping because it was off his axis. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it little things like that, and and they're not, they don't ruin it for me, and they're not. I have to know that kind of things, but it's just the path they went left. A couple of things that, eh, you just kind of, you have to suspend your belief, and I can do that. But for a show that was so detail-driven, and where we latched onto and thought about and wondered about so many things, mm-hmm. it was it was a very well-written, satisfying in a lot of ways, gave you closure, very cliche TV ending. Yes. You know, yeah. There, there was nothing new about this this way of ending a show you know it's, then and hey they all died and went to heaven that's that's basically what happened they all had a happy happily ever after found each other and, and went on yeah oh what about uh richard i was very surprised to see him survive although thinking about it i suppose the men in man in black can't actually kill richard i'd never actually got that opinion though that he couldn't actually kill him there's no rules to say that he couldn't kill him well, I think it's he he can never die. That was the thing. But the gray hair, I thought that was a, a telling thing. I, I assume that had to do with the light going out. And what, all right, so when the light went out, no, I wouldn't <laughs> say it was that. I really wouldn't. You don't think that that's uh... no? Because he didn't he get his gray hair before uh, Desmond went down the hole? Mm, no, they. I I can't remember now. Well, if if he did get it before they went down the hole, then I'd say it's because 
the torches pass to Jack, and that rule doesn't apply to Richard anymore. That could be. But if it is because of the the plug, then okay, fair enough. It's just down to the plug. I'll have to watch it again now. I thought when the plug came out, I thought it was after that, and as they're trying to hurry their way over to the to the other island. Um, Miles points it out, but I thought when that happened, then a lot of the supernaturalness went away. You had the mortality of of the man in black, and you had the mortality of of Richard. I'm I'm looking on Wikipedia now, on the Lostpedia, sorry, and it says uh, about Rose and Bernard's camp where Locke went to their camp and picked up Desmond. Then you got the barracks with Miles trying to get through to Ben, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard finds a grey hair. And then you've got uh, Smokey and Jack meeting up with Kate and Hurley to go to the source. Okay. So I'd say it's because the rules have changed and it's all passed over to Jack and so Richard is not part of that equation anymore. What were you thinking with all the rain clouds? I don't know. I I know that's us kind of forcing a theory we thought, but I pictured... This was, I was kept thinking it was Jacob reabsorbed. This is where his spirit went to. Kind of like uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi or Yoda going into the force. You know, his body's gone now. He's he's part of the island. He's back to the pure elements. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. again, that's that's our story. That, But it, it fit. It was nice to see. Yeah, it could be us just crowbarring that in. Yeah. Very slightly, but but it was the right time. I mean, the timing was good. It's you weren't going to have an end fight without any rain. You have to have the rain there. Did you think Man in Black was really dead when he died? Well, it when was early was... in the show compared to the f- how compared to the whole length of the show. It happened fairly early. Well, after um, it pushed him off the edge. Yeah, in a very similar him. way to the way that Smokey pushed Jacob into the fire as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I thought he was dead straight away. I don't know, as soon as Jack hit him in the face and you saw blood, then it's almost like the Superman thing where Superman lost all his powers and he's bleeding, and you're like, oh, okay, something's different there. Yeah. And so a, a fall from that height, yeah, I was, no, that's him. He's gone. He's I think there was the point him. where Sawyer looks over, though, and I half expected he's going to look and there would be no body. Or a big smoky hand would come up, grab him by the yeah. face, and pull him down. Pull him down and over. I was uh, surprised that not many people actually died. Yeah, I have to give the the writers and producers a lot of credit because the people they had survive were pretty much all the fan favorites, mm. and that had to have been written, or at least the the main grouping had to be figured out a while ago. They had a list. I'm I guarantee they had a list of people right. He can't die, he can't die, she can't die. There was no way that they were going to kill Hurley. Absolutely no way, because he is the audience. You kill him, you kill the audience. Mm-hmm. So there was no way he was going to die. Vincent obviously wasn't going to die, and I don't really care about that dog, to be honest. No. Adds nothing to it. He's just a pain in the ass. There's a comedian that I uh, follow on the different things, and... He wrote, like, was anyone else hung up on the fact that that wasn't the same dog six years ago? And it's it's funny because it did just – it looked younger, looked different. Yeah, you know? it did. Yeah, it looked – But I didn't get hung up on it, but it was just 
I, it was good to know that I wasn't the only one, only one who thought, eh, it looks just a little different. Mm. <laughs> so there were a couple people talking on Twitter and on forums and stuff about Ben's decision not to go in the church. And we actually got an email from Rick Kingsland, who is our Microsoft mole, <laughs> the yeah. Zoom user, Zoom seller, <laughs> Zoom promoter. Um, but I said to him, I, I, he had an idea and he wanted to talk about that. And I said, go ahead and tell us. But uh, I don't want to hear it has to do with Ben waiting for Annie. Oh, right. That, to me, that just didn't click at all. I mean, his, his idea was, you know, that, that Ben was not really part of that afterlife. That, that maybe Ben was actually still on the island. And he was visiting that in the way that, that Jacob had come to visit the Losties before. Oh, I don't know. But I don't buy that because I, I, that would mean this was an alternate reality or this was still like, this This to me was death and you were only there if you were dead. Yeah, everyone there has died. The, that was that answer was given when Christian Shepherd said that he died and how do you think you got here, Jack? And then he realized he died. And so the answer was given there. You have to be dead to be in the afterlife. Yeah, well, Rick's, Rick's saying that Hurley gave one final gift to Ben, and he gave him what he always wanted to be in charge of the island, and Ben made his own rules the way everyone else does. Ah. Oh. I, I don't really see that. To me, it's more that you know, we saw a very humbled Ben, a very apologetic Ben, and he had this kind of epiphany fairly recently about what he had done and, and what he had missed out on. And... Just like Eloise Hawking seems to know what things are, but she's mm -hmm. choosing to, to live the life she never had. Mm -hmm. Again, in a 65-year-old body as opposed to her 35-year-old body for some reason. But she's probably but, just living her life, though. But, but she never got to live this life. She never got to watch her son grow up to be the musician she hoped he would be and, and have this life with... Um, with Charles Widmore and and not have the responsibility of of caring for the island and not having had to kill her son at some point, this was this was the life that she might have hoped for. Mm -hmm. I think Ben is looking to do the same thing. He he realizes now that he has a chance to be with Alex and Alex's mother and and her, his father and have a a normal life for a while. And when when he's ready, he can go and join them. Now that he knows about this. He can move to that next level too, but there there isn't that connection that that he had uh, that the other people had. That you know, if he can get Danielle to be ready, if he can get Alex to be ready, and and his father, and so maybe he can go go yeah. with them. That's the way I see it as well. He wasn't involved in the actual accident which affected their lives so greatly. He was affected by them, but in a totally different way. And so they won't respond to him. Although when he had his flash with Desmond, he was reminded. I don't know. It, it must have been an important section of his life there when he's getting beaten up. When he actually decided not to kill Penny. Well, he... He had Alex as a daughter, but he never got to be the father to her that he can be now. Mm-hmm. 
and and she died on the island at right about the point where she is in her life now. So he can he can enjoy a time in this world and 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 move on from there when he's ready. But I think it definitely was the most important time of his life when he was on the island, especially if you add in the part after with Hurley, where he got to be a happier person and and do things. It's yeah, yeah, I suppose. But I like the way that he actually got to apologize to Locke as well. Yeah. That was his very first time that he'd got round to doing it. He he had the elephant in the room situation with what he thought was Locke at the time. And he, he oh, okay. And didn't really do much about it. He didn't really apologize then, did he? It no. was more a needs must to, you know, make me the leader or make someone else the leader and, you know, me have a bit of power. But... I, I like the way that he was very humble about it, and I suppose once he'd realised where he was, what was going on, then you can understand that situation. Well, I think too, once he became aware, he not only became aware of up to that point, he was aware of the good that Hurley brought out in him too, because it really comes from when he pushed Hurley out from under the tree, and then he stays to, and helps Hurley. He figured there was there was a, a good person that that came out apparently in that time after and yeah. it just was buried until he kind of woke up well I think it's more he was a good person because not because he craved the power but he'd he'd got recognition for it he never got recognition from his father did he he never got no. recognition from Jacob but he never got recognition from Smokey or anyone yeah all, all the losties were you know looking up to him for command, and apparently he was getting lists from Jacob, but that was via Richard Alpert. I'm not even sure it's Jacob. I think we were right before to say that almost like when Jacob said, what about you? I wonder if Jacob never really considered Ben someone in charge of of the others. Yeah. Or if if Jacob never really even considered the others his people. If that had been something kind of perpetuated by the man in black. It could have been from the other's perspective, as you know, they've taken him as his god, but he's like, oh, okay, what are you doing? Fine. But I, I always took Jacob as not the overall leader of the others, but they're his group because you got Albert going in between them. Yeah, I think he brings them there. Albert is his messenger of sorts, but then especially once the Widmores are not in charge. It's the man in black. It's the smoke monster who who basically, I guess, probably has always been in Ben's ear, right? maybe right to the point of when he saw his mother. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Right, I'm going to turn it on its head a little bit. All right. There was a point on this episode quite early on where I was very, very disappointed. I was so cheesed off that this happened. Everything else after it was okay. But it was when uh, Miles and Richard Alpert were paddling over in their little mm -hmm. canoe and they bump into some dead bodies and then all of a sudden, who's in the water? It's Lapidus. And to which my wife yelled out, maybe Sun and Jin are there too, maybe Sun and Jin are there too. <laughs> yeah, they're dead manky bodies floating around yeah. maybe, but that, that really... 
I honestly, I hold my hands up, I turn around and went, oh, bloody hell. Because the guy got tonked by a big metal door. And then he got thrown across and he was out cold. I know if you don't see a body, then don't assume that they're dead. But he got tonked by this big door and there was no way anyone would survive that. Then wake up and swim out. There were no other oxygen masks in there. And, oh, if, if he was going to walk out the water, then maybe in the last episode where all the Losties were looking at the life rafts floating around, or the life jackets floating around in the water. And then, if you'd seen this big-chested man walk out from the, the water, then you, you could have grabbed onto it and gone, okay, fine, I can accept that, but... Having floating around in the water, no, I didn't agree with it at all. But everything after that that he did, apart from when he turned around and told uh, Albert that he's an actual pilot, then everything <laughs> after that was fine. I can't believe that the uniform that he's wearing, that Richard Albert didn't guess that he's a pilot, and that there's a, an empty plane sitting over on the Maybe he thought island. it was like a sailor or something. I thought you were <laughs> in the Navy. A, just a random sailor. <laughs> Yeah, my father is a pilot, and he was talking about like how they basically just back the plane up and <laughs> back the plane, turn like if you're backing out of your driveway. Okay, yeah. make a little pivot here and. Could, do they carry uh, spare metal uh, windows as and well? Duct tapes and heaters. <laughs> they, and blow they yeah, that blowtorch. That wasn't even a proper blowtorch. It was one of them catering ones where you like burn the icing on like your cakes to make it look yeah. nice. And I thought they just butchered all the electronics when they uh, booby-trapped the plane originally. And surely there's more C4 on there. Widmore was like three steps ahead of Ben, wasn't he? So surely there must be more C4 on there. <laughs> I'll bet. Well, that's something someone could do if they have a lot of time and a mean spirit. They can sit and re-edit scenes from the finale and make it look like as the plane goes over Jack's head, it blows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> could do. So, could do. Jack's appendix, the stab wound, or no? Remember when he says oh. to his mother, "Like, did I lose? My, did I have my appendix taken out?" Possibly. This... What the the actual scar? Yeah. Do, 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 do. I don't know because at that point he would have had his appendix out anyway, wouldn't he? Yeah. I think anything that's happened in the the afterlife world, then stuff happens and stuff happens a little bit differently. So, Well, he uh, had the cut. That was the part that made me wonder. The cut on the neck. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why he would be getting that, though. Yeah, I don't know why Juliet wouldn't have injuries and stuff. It kind of reminded me of the movie The Sixth, the Sixth Sense. And I... It, Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, don't, don't listen for the next two minutes. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Okay, yeah. So when when once he realized he was dead, you feel the gunshot wound and all that stuff, I kind of picture that same kind of thing. Oh, that would have been brilliant. Once they'd realized that, then Juliet would have just fallen to the floor with all her smashed bones. Oh, we got the line. We got the, we could go Dutch. Yeah. Uh... And you know what I hated about that? 
was that that was clearly just forced in. It was almost like in the movies when two people are kissing and there's like this passion, like, and they're just talking real fast. They're saying things. They don't, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Which I could see if they were like aware and making out and all when they said it. But she said it too soon. And she kind of say it as he was saying, like he didn't have, like they were just starting to kind of become aware. Yeah, I, I think they were trying to do. Do you remember when Penny was talking on the phone to Desmond mm-hmm. at the end of the constant, and it was all spliced really closely together. There was yeah. lots of dead air just taken out there just to build up the tension. I think they were trying to do that there as well. I, I get what yeah, you mean I, though. Yeah, it, it it was a little forced. I would like that to. It would have been nice if she said that even before they had their little uh, awakening moment. It seemed it was just the timing of it wasn't quite right for me. Yeah, and that would have helped them flash over to each other. But mm-hmm. it was nice to see them two get back together again. It was nice seeing uh, Charlie get to Claire. Now, what would happen with baby Aaron and Chiyun? They left the hospital without the baby. Yeah, see that now because he's not real. I I don't know. And then you got David, and I was trying to work all that out, and I I just give up. I, it's not even worth working out, David. He's so inconsequential to this actual story. I think, and he was really oh, yeah. badly acting as well when he had Doctor Shepard. Oh, Doctor Shepard. And then all of a sudden, he just he was told to walk on set, wasn't he? He like sort of walked on. Spun round to the camera and went, Hi, Dad. No, get off. Do it again. You rubbish. <laughs> I think I have to say for this idea of it's not Earth, it's Heaven, that it could almost be everybody has their own personal Heaven. Like that, that, that Jiyun wasn't the real Jiyun. The real Jiyun, when they die, will go and it'll be the grandmother and the best friend and the, the husband someday. And, you know, that the real June, when she dies, will have her own, her own set personal of heaven, where she maybe. reunites with the people that are are close. Her circle, each not necessarily each person, but each network or circle has its own meeting point. And I can understand that because then you wouldn't have the the mum and dad part of that circle because they died when she was so young. Yes, same so thing with Aaron. It'd yeah. be Claire's mom, and that would be fine. I haven't got a problem with that at all. No. It's kind of sad. It, it Again, philosophically, it's it says you don't want to live your life on the periphery of one of these circles. You'd want to be... You want to immerse yourself in a circle of friends. If, if you are potentially like a... Like a boon, I suppose. Well, but he, he was in the church. Yeah, but, but he's on the edge of the whole circle. He died in yeah, season one. Like Dr. Was- Dart. Um... The scientist who blew himself up. Yeah. So like him, you assume he would have his own circle, but potentially, if you were someone who, um, you're a friend of a friend to everybody, but you just have those, you know, you don't have your own circle. Which you, is you're doomed to wander forever. For me, eternity. you know, for me is like Boone. He hasn't gone there with a loved one or anything like that, has he? Unless he's a copper feel of his sister every now and again. Well, I, I see on Lostpedia that he was there. Cynthia Watros was there. Uh, let's see. Dominic Monaghan, Elizabeth Mitchell, Rebecca Mader. 
Now, I guess Charlotte and Faraday may choose to move on. They have their own inner circle. I guess yeah. is what we're supposed to get from that. So they'll they'll form their own thing. Was Miles in the church? No, he wasn't, no. No, and Frank wasn't there either. No. Now, talking about this inner circle then, you've got the Faraday family, well, the Widmore family, then you're going to have them closely knitted together. Did the original timeline uh, Eloise, was she aware of the afterlife? I don't think she was. I think the afterlife lady was aware of all the situation. She actually knew what was going on, but I think it was proven when she was in the hospital when she went to see Desmond and she said she doesn't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, I think that's because we had caught up. I think what she knew was that she was going to end up killing her son. But she'd already killed him by then. Yeah, so I think she knew the loop and then like she gave him the journal. I mean, that would be my theory is that somehow she had some foreknowledge. She knew Desmond was going to be on the island because she knew her son was going to be on the island and mm. and uh, I don't know, it's, it's one of those things that what was the whole significance of pushing the button and I, I've been hemming and hawing a little bit about what I had said last episode where the whole Dharma-ness and the time travel and all was it important to the story it was important to character development certainly for Sawyer, he needed to go through that that, that was where he found his happiness and he found his true love and all and and found his identity really as as a sheriff instead of as a felon. But mythologically, the whole Darmanus and uh, Horace building the cabin and you know, all these hatches and things like that. It's it ended up being a big detour in terms of what the actual storyline was. If it was these people go to the island, they have to choose to help save the island. And, and that experience is one that brings them all together. Even the Darmanists didn't really bring any of them together except for Miles, Sawyer, and, and Juliet. Mm -hmm. I like to see that, well, in my own mind, I like to feel that Dharma pl played a big role in it. Because without the Dharma, then you wouldn't have the explosion which opened up this... Maybe not opened up the afterlife, because it was always going to be there anyway. But it opened... I don't know... it. It set the scene. They they had to go back to create the incident. It's really a separate story. If you think about where they were going at the beginning, the Dharma Initiative seemed to be the force behind the island and the smoke monster and all that stuff. And they, they may have had this idea of these people in the caves and that there were people on the island originally and, and something happened, but... Somewhere around there, which I think that's around the time that J.J. Abrams stopped working so much with the show. I know it was really the pilot at first, but somewhere around season two was kind of where he, he really withdrew. He went to work on Mission Impossible, the movie. Hmm. So it shifted then to being a little more magical. And, and certainly the end of the show was a lot more... Um, it focused on different things. focused more on Jacob, I would say, than on... Dharma, even though we went back to Dharma time. Yeah. And I, I think we got a whole set of mysteries. We got Rosinski, we got Kelvin, we got the quarantine, we got the sickness. We had all these these things, these patches and 
and uh, this mystery that kind of came out of all that Dharma stuff, and and they just kind of went another direction with it. They picked and chose pieces of it to keep in the story, but it it felt like it was headed a different direction before, and it, it did give us a lot of the, the cooler, more exciting parts, and and kind of made life on the island possible. <laughs> well, in my opinion, Dharma's probably the best thing to come out of it. It's it's the most iconic thing from Lost. If if you see a Dharma symbol, even if you're familiar with Lost, then you're going to realise it's from the program Lost. If you saw a polar bear, then you're not necessarily going to relate it back to this program. Yeah. And so I've heard stories of people thinking that the Dharma is going to be the big spin-off. And it could well be, because you've got it so many be. years to muck around there. So many experiments that we didn't even see. Dharma is the empire of Lost. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, uh, the clone troopers, the, the storm trooper, you know, they they have um, the cops parody they do with storm troopers on the internet. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that kind of thing. I mean, there's a whole subculture there that had to be in place, but really, the bad guys of Star Wars were the Emperor, Darth Vader, maybe a handful of skirmishes with TIE fighters or or things, but the Empire itself was a construct within, within the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing I did notice, when Christian Shepard opened up the, the doors to the church, he was wearing white tennis shoes. I saw that too. Yeah, I, I bet everyone else saw that. But <laughs> yeah. Well, one other thing that I would say before we kind of wrap up this part of our analysis. I, I want to give the writers credit for having had some idea where they were going. And we, we talked about that last episode too, That or the Across the Sea episode. We tried to think about what things maybe they genuinely had in mind and what things kind of evolved along the way. I have to point to the alternate reality games, which I know they didn't make, but they sanctioned and they endorsed and they gave materials for. That first Lost experience was all about Hanso and, um, you know, suggested Widmore and Paik and Dharma. And it was this, what I had just said, that as if Dharma was going to be the force behind the island and, and the explanation of whatever the conflict was going on. Yeah. If they genuinely had an idea about where they were going to go, and I know they did the Black Rock, so maybe Richard Alpert, you can say they kind of had in there, but there could have been even more going beyond Magnus Hanso. There could have been fake stories of Viking ships that got lost or Egyptian things got lost or bits of architecture that they found, new stories about polar bears being found in Tanzania and and things going very Roman. They, they could have made that first alternate reality game much less 1960s industrial hippie science college culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I look at their choice of how they spun that first alternate reality game and the fact that they didn't go any farther back than the Black Rock. And I just have a hard time buying that they always intended it to be way back to Roman times, way back to Egyptian times. Yeah. Because even even the thing with the four-toed statue, and we, oh, was it aliens? Is it Egyptians? Is it animal? Whatever it is. There could have been stuff in there. Like, do you remember when they, they first were 
what was it? DJ Dan was part of that lost experience, and he had all these theories on what the smoke monster was. Yeah. Was it a dinosaur? Was it nanites? Was it this? There could have been. There was a story about this this old uh, Eskimo priestess who turned a really evil man into smoke. You know, it, that would have been awesome if you could turn around now and you could be like, oh my God, that was one of the theories that DJ Jan ripped apart back in uh, season one. Yeah. And since they basically created, well, they didn't, but they authorized the directions that all went, I, it would have been really cool and I would have given them huge, huge props if they had put little seeds in along the way. The fact they didn't, not that big a deal, except when I look at what they did choose to do, it's just hard for me to say, yeah, I completely believe that this was where it was going all along. I did hear in the interview with Jack, they, they asked him, so you keep saying you knew all along what the finale was going to be. And he said that he knew that the ending scene was going to be him dying on the beach in the same way that he woke up on the beach. Yeah. I can believe that. I, yeah, I can believe that. But, well, the, the story was called The Circle anyway, wasn't it? Yeah. And so, and I picture it as he's going out and star, or co-starring in Speed Racer and he's getting a chance to be in this movie and that movie. They say, hey, Matt, come over here. Don't go. <laughs> don't don't leave the show. Here's the deal. I promise you're going to end up here. And it's going to look good as well. Yeah. I'm happy with the on-island story and the the reveal of the afterlife story as well. I just wish that they'd not fluffed out a little bit more, but we could have had a bit more in the sideways world. And there was a lot of dead air this season, I thought. Yeah, and you had two very uncharacteristic... Let me sit down and let me tell you the deal. You had Jacob do that at the campfire, and you had Christian Shepherd do it in the church. But they just sat there and basically said, okay, here's what's happening. And if they're going to do that, it would have been nice if they maybe gave you a couple other things. I thought it was good, though, overall. I agree. It was it was a very good episode. For for its flaws, it was an ending. And that's a lot more than you get with certain other shows. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I absolutely loved the ending. I really did. I don't think it's the best season, though. Definitely no, not I would the best agree. season. And I'd have to reevaluate that. And there's entertainment-wise, what was a good season, and then there's significant to the story, what was a good season. Well, yeah, a good season would involve, I don't know, just all the theories. You know, we've got nothing to really theorize about now, and we can think about what has happened, what could happen, but it's not like a, a weekly basis thing where. We think about something, and then two weeks later, something different happens, and it throws you a different curveball. We haven't got that anymore. That's all gone, and that's what I'm itching for already. Well, that's one thing I'm going to ask the fans a little bit. You know, everyone has their favorite episodes, but then there's there's a new dynamic now in, in which episodes were the most important. And even, like, they talked about uh, the Richard Alpert episode this season. It was highly anticipated. It was very well done. It was a mythology episode, but was it? Did it really have anything to do with the finale? Did, with with the overall, what? If someone sat there and said, "So tell me what ended up happening. What was the story really about?" Richard Alpert is a non-factor. Yeah. Ben's death and going into the temple, unless they're going to say that that's why he had the influence of of Man in Black all those years, but we never got that. 
we never found that out. But at the time when we got to see Ben change, everyone was like, oh, that's so amazing. You know, a lot of these episodes, the the constant and all the, the time skipping that Desmond did and, and his being able to see the future with Charlie and great episodes. But which episode is the one that is the most relevant to the story? Is it going to be some weird echo one? Or is it going to be one where we saw John Locke have a hallucination and and we can point to now and say, oh, there were the pieces of this. You can pull little pieces out of every episode, I think. And that's what makes them all important. For me, yeah, anyway. I agree. But there was there's episodes that seemed really significant. Like even when we when we went back to the seventies and we got to see them building the hatch. Oh yeah, they're building the hatch. Oh, that's so good, you know. You think you're seeing like a big answer, but in terms of the overall what happened on the story Yeah. I not so much. I see what you're saying with the Abaterno, definitely, mm-hmm. because it is it is just his story, but compare that to Across the Sea. Across the Sea wins out because it's it is part of the story. That's the oh, reason yeah. why everyone's there. Well, a, a controversial statement, I'm sure, but if you're if you're someone who thinks that Lost was a story about Jack and just about Jack, then that Biling episode that everybody kind of pans. Oh, Stranger in take, a Strange Land. Yeah, just in the sense that that's an episode where you got a lot of of. Jack, maybe at the time it seemed like what a pointless episode, but I wonder if you can go back and look at that now and see bits and pieces there. If you're someone who views it as, I say it's only about Jack, but if it was a, if this was the story of Jack's redemption, yeah, then that becomes an important episode, more important than, say, the episode where Saeed shoots Ben and <laughs> we, we get to see different di- interactions in, uh, the 70s or no I, I totally agree it is part of his backstory and getting all the tattoos and he's one of us well he, he walks among us but he's not one of us which suggests towards the um the status of the jacob role yeah i, I think there's there's entertainment wise what are the great episodes and then there's what episodes are the most meaningful to what happened and I think what's entertaining is entertaining that doesn't change but knowing what you know now I think you have to go back and reevaluate which episodes were were the most important and like when we found Desmond in the Hatch people talk about what a great episode that was and what a great cliffhanger the season one finale was and and it was great television it was very entertaining Mm -hmm. mythologically Maybe, maybe, and we we got Desmond. And we had the light coming out of the hole. You can, you might be able to still say that's still a very significant episode. And but I think where at one point people were like, that's where they first found the hatches, and that's where we first found out about Dharma. Now that's a so what compared to other things. And I I would be interested as people are are you know digesting the finale and looking to move forward, and some are going into rewatches and all. That's something I would throw out there. Like, try to try to look at it from that eye, and, and let us know what you see. Because that's mm. when, as we go through, and our plan is to 
do a little more discussion of the finale over the next couple of shows and then kind of go back to doing what we did over the hiatus and go and we'll take some lists of questions that were answered or not and theories from 1987 and predictions for season six and what was true, what wasn't and uh, offer that same kind of rethinking. You know, we invite you to do the same and let us know if there was something that, that you thought at the time was so significant and now you're kind of like, well, you know what? Very entertaining. One of my favorite episodes to watch. Yeah. But Dave, not not a factor in the overall uh, what happened. Yeah, there's a lot of things have changed. Even just after this episode. Yeah. Now it's all wrapped up. A lot of things have changed. and yeah, I'd like to go back and watch the Mobisodes again. And a, a lot of the episodes where we saw Christian Shepard. Yeah. Oh, one thing. Were there any alternate endings to this or were they all just the joke they were all just comedy thing you know no, they God. made fun they took some of the famous endings that happened and then did their own lost versions of yeah. them yeah i saw them and they're a bit rubbish to be honest yeah but i think that's a good spot and for now we're definitely not done talking about lost not this episode and not the show in general but no 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 we'll try to keep it i'm not sure what this will edit to Try to keep it quick enough to hold your attention. Look for something in another week, maybe sooner. And continue to send us stuff on Twitter. And, hey, you don't have to worry about spoiling us now. Yeah, <laughs> so. there's no more spoilers. I can actually go on Dark UFO. And I'm going to be catching up on all my podcasts now. I'm way well, that's one thing that I want to do. I'd like to go through the spoiler form now and look at the things that were out there. Would have made a difference if we knew it. Yeah. What were some fake spoilers? I yeah. think we could have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Don't steal our ideas, you. <laughs> no, because if they do steal our ideas, they're probably doing better anyway. So, right, okay. Well, um, we'll leave it there for this week. We will definitely, definitely dive into this episode again next episode as well. Keep all your feedback coming back through uh, rethinkinglost at gmail.com. You can Twitter both of us, and you can find them at. The website that we have which is rethinkinglost.podbean.com um anything if you're else subscribing yeah if you're subscribing through the lost podcasting network please consider subscribing directly to us just so that you'll be sure you don't miss any episodes i'm not sure what the plans are for that but you can find all you need to subscribe to us on the rethinkinglost.podbean.com site yes. all the little buttons you need are right there yeah so that's it we'll see you in a week yeah, thanks guys, and I'll see you later. Alright, bye. I really liked Lost, I guess I just still have a few questions about it. Like, why did the monster kill the pilot? What did Loxie when he first saw the smoke? What's with the polar bear in Walt's comet? Where is Christian Shepard's body if it's not in the casket? Why did the psychic say that Claire had to fly on Oceanic Flight 815? And why did he insist that her son had to be raised by Claire? Why did the others want Walt so badly? Who sent Kate the letter telling her about her mother being treated for cancer in the hospital? How does Walt know about the hatch? And why does he warn Locke not to open it? Why does the smoke monster make mechanical sounds? How is Walt able to apparate before Shannon? How did Walt communicate with Michael using the swan computer? What is the deal with Kate and that horse? Why are supplies still 
being dropped on the island after the purge and by who? What triggered the lockdown and why on earth would anyone design it so during the lockdown black lights go on? What happens to the original Henry Gale? What happens to the original timeline Libby between the mental hospital and getting on the tail section of Flight 815? Who built the four-toed statue? Why does only one specific bearing get you off the island? What are the hieroglyphics on the swan countdown timer about? Why did Tom feel the need to wear a fake beard? Who was Libby's previous husband who gave her a boat to give to Desmond? Who were the skeletons in the polar bear cave? Where did the toy truck come from? How did Locke and Echo escape the hatch implosion? Why couldn't Locke talk after the hatch explosion? Why did the monster kill Mr. Echo, and why didn't he just do it the first time they met? What did Mr. Echo mean when he said, you're next, after he dies? How disgusting was it when Hurley was eating from that tub of ranch dressing? Why did Yemi's body disappear? Why does Danny say Jack wasn't on Jacob's list when, in fact, his name was clearly written in the cave? Why can't women on the island have babies, and what does this have to do with anything? What was that Russian letter in Mikhail's typewriter? Why is the supply drop menu hidden behind a game of computer chess? I mean, computer chess? Remember when Ben gave Juliet that weird mark as a punishment? What was that about? And what's the deal with Jack's tattoos? Actually, you know what? I don't care about that one. Desmond knew a monk? How did that monk know Eloise? Why did Ben see his dead mother? Who decided it was time to kill the others in a purge? What happened to Ben's childhood friend Annie? Why did Desmond have a false vision of Claire and Aaron leaving the island on a helicopter? How does Mikhail keep coming back to life? Why does Walt tell Locke that he still has work to Who's do? Who's I appeared in the cabin window? We know it wasn't the smoke monster because it was Christian Shepard. Now we know the Christian Shepard was the smoke monster the whole time. Where did Miles get that picture of Ben? Who is the RG on Naomi's bracelet? Why was there a 31 minute, 20 second difference between the time? Who is the economist and why did Ben want him dead? Why I was Ben so surprised that they could kill Alex? I mean, what are the rules? If the smoke monster can't leave the island, and was zombie Jack's dad, how does Jack's dad appear at a hospital in L.A.? And on a freighter? How did the monster get into Jacob's cabin? And why ask Locke not to tell anyone that he saw Claire in the cabin? Why did Ghost Horace direct Locke to the cabin and tell him Jacob was waiting there when it was really the smoke monster? Why do the Oceanic Six name Charlie, Boone, and Libby as the other three survivors? I mean, what's the logic in that? Why does Miles decide to stay on the island? What is the deal with the frozen wheel? I mean, it combines light and water? That's not really an answer. Why does Ben insist that the Oceanic Six, as well as Locke, have to return to the island? Why don't the rules of time travel apply to Desmond? Who were the men who tried to capture Said and Hurley but got thrown into a dish? washer full of knives in one of the sweetest lost fight scenes of all time. Ben asked his butcher friend who was watching Locke's body if Gabriel and Jeffrey hadn't checked in yet. Who are any of these people? What was Ben hiding when he took something out of the vet and put it in his bag? When the gang was like unstuck in time, who was that shooting at them from the outrigger? Who sent Son a gun and pictures of Jack and Ben? Who attacked Said at the hospital and why did he have Kate's address? Why was the smoke monster at the temple? When did the temple become like an anti-smoke monster fortress? How did the producers of the hit TV show Expose deal with the death of their two lead actors? How did Eloise come to run the land? How does a pendulum predict the island's movements. I mean, who figured that out? Why do those returning to the island need to recreate the circumstances of their first arrival? How did Jack, Hurley, and Kate get from that Ajira flight to the 70s, and why didn't Sun? How did Richard bypass the sonar fence? How did Ethan go from the Dharma Initiative to a member of the others? What's with all the hieroglyphics underneath the temple? Why did Widmore tell Ben to kill Rousseau and her baby, and why did he then let Ben keep the baby anyway? Why did Daniel leave the island in the 70s, and why does he tell Jack he doesn't belong there? Why does Richard think he saw everyone in the 1977 Dharma picture die? Who broke the circle of Ash around Jacob's cabin. Why can Jacob leave the island, but the smoke monster can't? Jacob uses his last breath to say, they're coming. But who are they? What's the deal with the pool that brings people back to life? And why did it bring Saeed back with an English accent? What is the infection? How did Claire get infected? How did Saeed get infected? And why did he need to voluntarily take a poison pill, especially when he could become uninfected with a simple argument for love? Why was the smoke monster slash lock slash whoever it is confused that Sawyer could see young Jacob? What's the magic?
magic lighthouse in there. How is Dogen simply being alive, keeping the smoke monster out of the lighthouse? Just what happened to the flight attendant Cindy and the kids? Why didn't Sun tell Jin to go just so their daughter wouldn't be an orphan? Where did Jacob and the smoke monster's mother come from? Where did Jacob and the smoke monster's other mother come from? Who finished the magic wheel that combines, quote, light and water? And when did it become frozen? What is the nature of the light? And magic wine? I mean, seriously, magic wine? Why does that Tina Fey lady want the electromagnetic map of the island? How did Woodmore's electromagnetic thingy send Desmond to the afterlife and back? Wasn't Saeed's soulmate Nadia? Why weren't Michael, Walt, Lapidus, Echo, or any of the other characters at the church? You guys want to get into V? Thank <laughs> you.